you. I'm at primary stages and up front for the next upcoming production. It's called Perfect Arrangement, written by Topher Payne. And I am now speaking to the director, Mr. Michael Barakiva, correct? Oh, that is a perfect pronunciation. Barakiva. Yes. How are you? I'm well. Thank you so much for having me. Well, you know what? Thanks for taking time to chat with me. This is um, going to be a very interesting piece. It is. Um, looking at the cloaked realness, I guess, of suburban life in the 50s, for yes. the most part. Yes. How did you get involved with this project? Um, Mark Johannes and Amy Danis, who make up Mars Theatricals, which is the commercial producer that Primary Stages is teaming up with for this production, went to a reading of this play, and I've worked with them a bunch over the last 10 years, and they sent me the script. And they said, what do you think of this? And I had just sent them a script that I had loved and that they didn't love, so I didn't want to like this play. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, you, 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 this is a play that you can't help but fall in love with. So five right. minutes in, I knew it was going to be amazing. I read it in one sitting. Wow. And I emailed them immediately, and I said, we've got to do this play. It's just unbelievable. I love that. Michael Barakiva with me here on the Backstage Skinny. So is that how you get pulled into projects? The, you... You feel snapped right in. Is that how you do it? Yeah, I mean, I um. Well, there's the artistic element of how you get into a project, and then there's the, lo the logistic one. Okay. And logistically, I tell my students the way that I get work is that I look at the telephone and I pray for it to ring, <laughs> and then sometimes it does, and sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> and then artistically, you know, I've been directing for around 20 years now professionally, and this is something that all directors have, but you just have to learn how to listen to yourself and to trust yourself and you know in a few pages whether or not you're supposed to direct the play wow that's i think a lot of people don't understand talking to michael barakiva here that within the realm of theater there are so many different levels of things that can that people can get involved in because yes. one of the things that i always try to do with this show is that i try to remind people that it's more than just the actors on the stage and that it's also more than just broadway i mean we're talking about another piece off broadway that's going to have an interesting ring of resonance in this period that we're living because, again, people are pretending to be something that they aren't at the detriment of other people. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Well, I think this is a great point you bring up because although Broadway has gotten substantially edgier in the last 10 or 20 years, still the most interesting work is happening off-Broadway, and it always does. And you see something happen off-Broadway, and then 10 years later... Either the piece itself is on Broadway or an aesthetic trend that it's created has made its way onto Broadway. And so, you know, when I have friends coming to visit from out of town, you know, and of course there are amazing things on Broadway. Hamilton, I'm, every afternoon I have free, I am going to that lottery and begging <laughs> to get myself back in there, you know. We have to talk to somebody for you because there's no reason for you to have to go that route. Oh, but, I, but I will. But I would. I would do it happily. Um, but I, I always find that the most interesting work is off-Broadway, and even off-Broadway when it's not successful. And that started off-Broadway. Yeah, exactly. An excellent point. And I wish I could have seen it at the public. I understand it was longer, and I'm sure that they trimmed it for the Broadway run, but mm -hmm. I would have loved to have seen the 20 minutes that they cut or whatever. Yeah. You know. Because that's, again, like you're saying, the most interesting things are coming and setting trends. And yes. that's, that's a show that's doing that. And what, again, I think that people don't get all understand a lot of times about off-Broadway is that there's a little more room for artistic individuality. And you're not forced to already start thinking about the business model of how are you going to get this, this show done. Yes, that's totally right. And, and there's also an, an artistic equivalent like... Um, 
You know, when you make a show on Broadway, it has to be large enough to fill a 1,000-seat house, a 1,500-seat house, a 2,000-seat house. And when you're sitting in a 199-seat theater, the experience you're going to have will have a, an authenticity, an immediacy, and an intimacy that I don't think is possible on Broadway. Right. Right. And again, with this particular story that Topher's telling, I'm calling him because I know him now. Oh, <laughs> you're on a first name basis. Topher and I, um, th that with this particular piece, it's interesting because, you know, we were, we were having a moment earlier when I did have a chance to talk to him and we were talking about what was happening currently and about how this obstruction of people's lives mm -hmm because of who they are and who they're choosing to pretend to be. And the conversation, how did he put it? He said that the conversation is really hard for those people to understand that are on the extremes because they're so busy having a way to respond that doesn't require them actually listening. Yes, yes, yes. So when you're, when you're looking at pieces like this, because, I mean, I have your resume in front of you, and you've done everything, musicals, you've done Shakespeare, you've done... It's sort of like, is it these kinds of stories that really pull you in? Yeah, well, I'm lucky that I have had the kind of career where I've been able to do lots of different things. And I think different artists identify differently with the kind of work they want to make. Some define it by genre, some define it by style. Certainly the industry, when you have a successful project in one arena, they say, oh, that's the person who can do you know, prison tap numbers. Let's get him for our prison <laughs> tap number. But as I've, as I've worked, I've realized that for me, the nature of the story is the thing that is, draws me to a project. So. I want to be able to do musicals and Shakespeare and new plays like Topher's plays, and the themes are certainly as cosmic and as large as classical pieces. And um, and I know that when I do a piece like this, like this is a you know let's call it a heightened comedy, a living room comedy, mm -hmm. stylized. The next thing I do will not be like this because I'll think, oh, okay, I've learned a lot about this. Now, how can I take what I've learned about this and take it to an intimate two-person play or take it to uh, I'm going to Bulgaria in November to work on a musical? And I can't wait to see how what I've learned on this piece will inform that. Really? Is that what you're working on now? After this is... After this project, you're going on to Bulgaria? Yeah, I'm doing, through the Drama League, I'm doing an artist exchange program there to do a week to meet a bunch of actors at the National Puppet Theater and then maybe do a musical with them, a fully mounted musical in 2016. And then the other thing that I'm working on is that I've written a gay young adult novel, One Man Guy, that came out last year, and I'm working on the sequel for that that will also be published by Macmillan. So this rehearsal process has come at a great moment because I've written around half of that book. I have no idea what's supposed to happen now, <laughs> and I can use rehearsals as an excuse not to think about it, put it aside, and then I'll pick it up in a few weeks and be like, oh, what is this garbage? <laughs> Oh my God, Michael Barakiva with me here on the Backstage Skinny. And again, talking about the piece that he's got coming up called Perfect Arrangement here at the Primary Stages Theater. It's primary stage, primarystages.org for more information about the show itself. So now that I know what you've got coming up, how are you getting your actors ready for this particular uh, show? Well, you know, I... Two years ago, I did a production of Blythe Spirit at Syracuse Stage, and I think of Topher as an American Noel Coward. He's really a man of the theater. He's an actor. He's a stage manager. He's a director. He's a writer. He's a designer. You know, we were talking about how this industry wants you to be one thing, and Topher defies all of those categories. And like with Noel Coward, 
I'm blessed to have an extraordinary talented cast, and they can produce, you know, their auditions, the first week is like opening night caliber, the quality of their performance. So then as a director, I have the luxury of saying, okay, we know we've got that. Let's really slow down. We know that this is going to be, you know, that like the energy wants to be bop, 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 or this is the setup for the joke. We know we have that. You're all brilliant. You all have the ears. You all have the mouths to make the sounds. Let's really slow down and figure out what is the living, what is the life, what is the time that we take to find the depth of it. And then, once we've had that, we can accelerate back up in time to get the audience because when you're working on a comedy like this one, if you're doing it at performance level for all three weeks of rehearsal, by the time the audience comes, the actors are exhausted. Right. And things that were hilarious to us at the beginning of the rehearsal process, all of those jo jokes have lost their luster. Right. Well, I mean, and again, when you're talking about um, doing a comedy, it's sort of like I like the idea that you have people with the chops to know exactly what's pretty much how it should feel doing it, but making them go inside the characters, because I think once you do that, then it doesn't become so hard to continue being funny. Yes, that's exactly right. And there's also, like with a Noel Coward play in Topher's writing, the characters have a slickness that it, it makes you really want to find their depth, yeah. because they've got that veneer already. Perfect, perfect. Well, Michael Barakiva, I'm looking forward to A Perfect Arrangement. So am I. This is going to be, again, what I love about talking about things that happen off-Broadway is that this is an opportunity to have this kind of conversation. And I love the fact that it's a comedy. Yes. Because I, I, can we please laugh? I know, I know. And, it's, and it really is, you know, <gasps> it's like two or three different comic styles all wrapped up in the one amazing play that shifts between them depending on what the story demands. It's really a, a, a masterful feat. So this is going to be fun to watch and probably a lot more fun to direct. Huh? Exactly. I love exactly. it. All right, well, thank you so much. And we will be back backstage skinny, Sirius XMLQ. Thank you.